Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. How many of you realize God is alive? Three of us. Okay. How many of you realize he is alive and he's not just sitting on in heaven board? He's active in the earth today. And if you don't realize it, uh, he's touching, touching college campuses, high school campuses. He's, he, he could even touch you. Amen. Thank you, Ed. I thank you for shaking your head because I completely forgot. Do you know that God is still doing supernatural stuff. So I'm going to ask Ed and Lynn to come up. Thank you, Lord. And I'm doing that because I want, want, uh, they're going to share something with you to let you know that God's still alive and that he's still operating in our lives. Who wants to go first, Ed? Well, I'll try. Thank you. Uh, real quick, I had, a, had to go to the hospital. I have uh, a blocked artery in my leg. And it was an in-and-out procedure. Go in, they open it up, and you leave, you know. You're there six, seven hours. So I got there at 7 o'clock in the morning. Waiting around, waiting around. What's going on here? I'm the second in line for the doctor. One o'clock rolls around. Oh, come on now. Well, came in and said, well, the doctor got behind. So it's two o'clock now. So I said, oh, my goodness. Well, go into surgery. Takes care of it. Come out, oh, you got to stay overnight. <laughs> oh, okay, I got to stay overnight. Okay. So about 3 o'clock in the morning, my right leg starts acting up. It starts to hurt. And I say, oh, what's going on here? A nurse comes in. We'll get the doctors in right away, you know. So they come in, like, whatever, 5 o'clock or something. Oh, this is no good. Go down, get a test in the morning. Doesn't look good. In the meantime, my the other heart doctor says, well, I gotta take a look at some other stuff. So I go, in the afternoon, I go back into surgery. He goes up through my arm, checks my heart, everything. Said, well, you have a couple blockages there, but that's not what we're concerned about right now. It's your leg. So, by that time, you got a blockage. So go back into surgery the third time on Tuesday, <laughs> and they find a blockage in my right leg, which is a blood clot four inches long. You have to cut the vein, they put a stent in, 
everything's good. So the third surgery, I'm laying there, and I'm looking up at the roof <laughs> or whatever in the operating room, and from my perception is I saw pure white cloud above me. And I heard this voice. Well, first of all, I felt like somebody was really hugging me, you know, really tight. And I was looking up at the ceiling, and this voice says, wake up, wake up. It's time for you to wake up. Your friend wants to make sure you're awake before he leaves. And I'm thinking, what friend do I have in the operating room? <laughs> I don't have a friend in the operating room. But then, like, instant, really instantaneously, I thought, Jesus is here. He's here waiting for me to wake up. And, of course, I came out of the operating room. Everything's good. Blood flows good in both legs. I have feeling back in this leg, which I didn't have for about six months. I'm feeling good. And I'm talking to my wife and my son, telling him about this, and she tells me. Uh, it was a little stressful that day, and we were stressed because we got nothing but bad news. He's blocked heart. Everything's blocked in his body, basically. He has not not everything, but he's got all these blockages and it's going to be a dangerous surgery and everything because of his heart. So I'm a bit stressed and I said to Chad, my son, I said, let's go out because I didn't want him to see me upset. So get, I get in the, we get in the elevator and from behind me, this lady comes tapping me on the back and she looked in my eyes and I have never ever saw eyes that beautiful in my life. She said, can I pray for you? And she prayed for my husband, and I don't know how she knew it was my husband. And the elevator stops, and she disappears. I said to Chad, where'd she go? I don't know. Well, I encountered an angel. There is angels on this earth, because I can't get that out of my mind. I can't get those eyes out of my mind. They're just was the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen. And they just looked me right in the eye. And it was experience that we have angels on this earth. We have angels walking on this earth. I just want to let you know. So we have got to treat everybody we see. You don't know if you're talking to an angel or not. So... That's my testimony, and first of all, I got convicted of complaining, too, <laughs> because I was, oh, where are they at? I'm tired of waiting, 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 waiting. Well, the Lord had his time, because if he would have went home, we wouldn't have known what would have happened to him at night. Amen. So, praise God. And I also want to thank the people, everybody here who prayed. I know we have a praying church, and I feel really fortunate to be a part of this body and that we have loving pastors and we know when people pray say they're praying here they're praying thank you thank you
Thank you, Lord. Wasn't that good? So if you ever get in a place where you feel like you're abandoned, you feel like you're alone, Jesus is right there with you because he said he would never leave you nor forsake you. Now, he doesn't always show up in a cloud or speak to you in a voice, but we do have the word of God that tells us that he is always with us. And I thought as uh, Ed was sharing his testimony about how he felt this presence and he felt like he was being hugged. You know, Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. He says, I'm going to be with you. And so he is always there to uh, help us in our hour of need. Hallelujah. So I want to share with you this morning, uh, actually, uh, I'm not going to give this message a title because I'm going through the whole book of John, Gospel of John, but we're not going to do it all today. <laughs> so you don't need to worry about that. God, you know, God, as I was thinking about this, I thought about, you know, God has been trying to reveal himself to man from the very beginning. We see in Genesis uh, Genesis chapter 1, uh, that God made man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And then God would come to talk to them in the cool of the day. And we all, I'm sure you're familiar that the enemy, the serpent, came, uh, told them lies about God, said that if they would eat of the fruit, that God told them not to, that they would be just like God. The problem was they are already like God. Because uh, when they fell, uh, when they ate and they fell, the authority that God had given Adam and Eve went upon Satan. The Bible says, Paul said in Ephesians that he is the God of this world. But the reality is this, that when Jesus came and died on the cross for our sins and rose again from the dead, he told us, behold, I give you authority. And so that authority, we have authority over the one who thinks he's the God of this world. Hallelujah. You ought to be getting a little more excited. Or have you heard this message before? I'm sure you have. But uh, I and another reason I wanted to share from the book of John and go through the gospel of John is because sometimes we have an image of Jesus as to what we only have a partial image of Jesus. We have a partial image of God. Some of you might have an image of God where he's brutal. You know, if you make a mistake, he's there. Some of you have an image of God that he's so he's uh, sweet as candy. Well, you know, if you eat all sugar all the time, what's going to happen? The dentist is going to start pulling your teeth out. So, uh, but Jesus, the book of John, Jesus is revealing God the Father. All, through the, all throughout the Old Testament, God is trying to reveal himself to a people, not just the Jewish people, but the people of the earth, and they're not getting it. I had somebody years ago, I was preaching a message. I was so proud of it. And uh, somebody came up and said, Pastor, I didn't understand a word you said. <laughs> well, you know what? If you're preaching and nobody understands what you said, you're not doing a good job. 
Hallelujah. So anyway, these prophets, God was speaking to the prophets. He was speaking to the priests. He was speaking to the kings. They were to convey what God was like, but the people were not getting it. And so God finally said, I have to send myself. I have to send my son to reveal who I am. And even at that, not everybody got it. Okay. And so, so Jesus is revealing God the Father throughout the Gospel of John. And the Bible says that if you will believe, he didn't say if you would do good works, he didn't say if you would do this or that. He said if you will believe, you will have eternal life like God, like, like Jesus promised. And so uh, I'm going to uh, just be going verse by verse, sharing with you, in the, uh, and I'm going give to be giving thoughts throughout the message. And hopefully you don't say, Pastor, I didn't understand a word you said. <laughs> but if you didn't, please tell me, because I don't want you walking out of here acting like you got it. Hallelujah. But the Bible says in, in, uh, in John, in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, to make this easy on you, the Word is Jesus. It is the exact expression of who God is. And he says, in the beginning was the Word. So Jesus, when he was born in Bethlehem, that was not his beginning. That was just him putting on an earth suit so that we could see and recognize him. The people of that time could see and recognize him. So in the beginning was the Word, or was Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now that's pretty plain to me. What do you mean it's pretty plain? Jesus is, this, this book is saying Jesus is God. Okay? And so Jesus came to reveal what God is really like. If you have an image of God that is not like what Jesus is, your image is faulty. Hallelujah. But God doesn't want you to be in the fog. God doesn't want you to be confused. The Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. If you're confused, it's not God. It could be you. And I'm not accusing anybody because I've been confused before. It could be the devil. How many of you have ever believed a lie? Well, if we believe lies, God is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Well, anyway, when, Jesus, when it says that he's the word, he is the eternal, ultimate expression of God. The word was, the word was God. Jesus is the word. Jesus is God. Why is that important? Why do I keep stressing that? Because we have, we have people that are trying to say that Jesus was not God. Some say he was a good man. He was a good teacher. He was, uh, he was a good prophet. But the reality is, is, that the, is that the scripture says that he was and is God. 
He was more than a man. He was more than a good teacher. He's more than a prophet. And he was more than an angel. And he wasn't a man that worked himself up to becoming a god. You know, there's, there's, there's people like that. You can work yourself up into godhood. We don't believe that. We believe we become like God, but we're not God. We become like God because God gives us a new spirit when we're born again, and we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And what's he do? He brings the life and the nature of God. The Bible says that we are partakers of his divine nature. There's 52, there's over 50 verses in chapter one. So say, get back to the scriptures. <laughs> I know this is the eternal gospel, but you know what? We got to get out of here. Some of you are going to get hungry. You ever get, you ever think about what you're going to eat when I'm preaching? Sometimes I think about what I'm going to eat when I'm preaching. <laughs> So I don't want you thinking about that. I want you to keep focused on the Bible, on the word, because Jesus says man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God or out of the scripture. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Verse two says he was in the beginning with God. He, Jesus, is what this gospel is all about. This whole this whole gospel of John is all about Jesus and it's all about his deity and it's all about God revealing himself in the flesh as a man so that man can understand him and believe. This whole book is, if you read the gospel of John, you'll see that throughout the gospel of John, believe, 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 believe. And then in the, and in the back of the book, it says, all of these were written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and that you might have eternal life. You know, wouldn't it be disappointing to live the Christian life, go to church every Sunday, and then just go to hell? That wouldn't be good, would it? No, it wouldn't be good at all. But the reality is, is he just doesn't want to give us eternal life when we get there. He wants you to have eternal life now. You know, uh, the word that came forth this morning was that we have issues, we have trials, God's with us. God wants to make, uh, help us get through that. But the reality is, and when, when God comes in with his Holy Spirit and with the word of God, he is there to transform us into the image of God. And God doesn't, God is not sitting in heaven wringing his hands. He's not worried about Putin. He's not worried about Biden. He's not worried about the Chinese. You know, I was, uh, I was uh, in Washington, D.C. one day. I was uh, walking, I was across the river from the Capitol and uh, Melody was, uh, she had something to do, so I was uh, just out for a walk. And I looked over at the Capitol, and I was looking at the buildings, and God spoke, to, it's like God took me up about 100 miles. It wasn't physically. 
just in my mind, I was up 100 miles, I'm looking down, and everything looked real small. You know, from God's point of view, all of, our, all of the ones that are causing problems are really kind of small. And we've got a God who is an awesome God who lives on the inside of us. He is not diminished. You know, eventually all these problems are going to go away. Somebody say hallelujah. I didn't say your spouse was going to go away. I said your problems were going to go away. I picked that up in the spirit. (laughs) Hallelujah. Verse three. All things were made through him. Who him? Him, Jesus. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. Let me just say this. Jesus made everything perfect, and man, the devil has perverted it. So if you think, well, why did God make this? I used to think, why did God make bugs? (laughs) Because I didn't like bugs. I don't mind bugs if I can see them. I just don't want them crawling on me, and I can't see them. Some of you don't like snakes. Why did God make snakes? Well, snakes were okay in the beginning, but there was a perversion that happened. And it wasn't from God. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes God does a, God can even give you a blessing, and if you don't handle it right, it can become a perversion. Well, God, I'm believing, I'm believing for lots of money. I'm believing that I win the lottery. I'm believing that I get a million dollars. You know what? Some of you can't handle a million dollars. There's a show called The Curse of the Lottery. People that have won big money and they destroyed them. God's not going to give you something that will destroy you. Say amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I thought I heard a word that I was going to get $100,000. I'm still waiting on it. Maybe I can't handle it. Glory. Lord, you heard that. She'll help me. (laughs) She's been helping me for over 40 years. (laughs) Praise the Lord. All right, so. All things were made through him. This verse 3. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. All right. We were dead. We were not in the beginning, we, when, when God created man, they were alive unto God, but we know that they sinned. And the Bible says that we're dead in trespasses and sins, but when we receive Christ, we become alive. You were dead in trespasses and sins, but he made you alive in Christ. Look in the mirror before you come to church and say, you're alive. <laughs> Believe it. I got a tip from my, uh, from my daughter. Before she graduated from high school, she wanted to have good senior pictures. And so she is very photogenic. I said, how did you do it? She said, I stood in the mirror, stood in front of the mirror and practiced. 
When I'm preaching sometimes, I think, man, they need to practice. (laughs) We need to practice. Well, I, you know, not that I, I wasn't looking for senior pictures. I'm a senior now, but I'm a real one. But anyway, I realized, do you know that our faces minister to people? They either minister a curse or a blessing. So I realized that if I can smile at people and I can look them in the eye, then I can minister a blessing. I was in, uh, I have a witness, but I was in Dunkin' Donuts the other day, didn't buy a donut that time. I was in Dunkin' Donuts, we were getting a coffee, and there was a new uh, waiter, cashier. And I looked at her and I thought, she's really got a beautiful smile. So I told her, I said, I'm not hitting on you, (laughs) because I always feel like I need to do that, you know. (laughs) I'm not hitting on you, but you really have a beautiful smile, and it just lit her up. It just lit her up. Sometimes we need to validate people. Sometimes, you know, I'm really kind of careful about what I say to women, you know. Now, I can can tell my granddaughter how pretty she is all the time because that's okay. I'm not going to tell your wife that. I was at a... Who's preaching here? <laughs> I was actually at a, uh, a wedding reception. And I was looking over at somebody that, one of the ladies in the church that I knew for years when she was even a, a youth in the church. And I told her, I said, I said to Melody, I said, she's really beautiful. Melody said, well, tell her. I said, I, I just kind of had a check, you know. But eventually, I, I told her, you know, and I gave my, I gave my thing. I said, I've told my wife. She, she, you know. I said, you're really beautiful. And it ministered to her. Now, Nathan, I'm not telling you to go around telling all these girls they're, they're beautiful. <laughs> but, you know, I, I kind of feel like, you know, as a, as a grandfather type, person, you know, whatever. But the Bible says, let no corrupt communication proceed from out of your mouth, but that which is good to edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearer. We have a ministry of edification that we can speak to people and and bring a, a building up in their inner man. I can see I'm going to be in the book of John for a long time. <laughs> Okay, verse 4. I was going to do 25 verses today, and I'm almost done. Verse 4, in him was life. In him who? In him Jesus. In him God. God. When we're in him, there's life, and the life is the light of men. It's time to stop limiting our God. You know, a lot of times we'll think, yeah, God will do that for Ed, God will do. God will show up as an angel for Lynn, but He won't do that. They didn't think that they were going to get that. It was a surprise to them. 
And sometimes God, the Bible says uh, in, in Hebrews, be careful to entertain strangers for some have entertained angels unaware. You co- there's probably everybody in here at one time has been ministered to by an angel and you didn't even know it. I believe my life has been spared several times because of angelic help. Now, I have never seen an angel But I've been helped. Some people need more help than others. And I just need help. So in him is life. It's eternal life. It's life as God has that it's clean, it's holy, and it's pure. When God's life comes into us, it's not, it's not filthy. It's not degradating. It's not pulling us down. It's lifting us up. When I receive that life, I receive the Holy Spirit when he comes in. It manifests as I, it will manifest more as I spend ample time with him. As I spend time with him, as you spend time with him, if you spend time with the Lord, how do I spend time with him? You spend time with him in prayer. You spend time with him when you're in the word of God. You don't have to be a, do it all day. But the more you spend time with him, the more you recognize his presence. The more you feel his presence. And even if you don't feel it, he's still there. He's told me that many times. Melody will come on, we'll be writing, oh, did you feel it? Did you feel the presence? I said, feel what? <laughs> feel what? But I know he's there because I see what he's done, but I don't feel anything. Just because you don't feel doesn't mean he's not there. Thank you, Lord. You know what? Uh, Again, it says, in him was life and the life was the light of men. Do you know that light brings healing? Do you know that, have have you ever sat up with a child all night? And then when the day breaks, when you got to get up and go to work, they're okay. The light, the, something about the light. In him, was, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Do you know that they actually take concentrated life, light and do surgery? They're removing cataracts with concentrated light. They're doing other Medical procedures with concentrated light. Well, let me tell you what, Jesus Christ is a concentrated life, light, and he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals us. It's time to get around the light. I remember my my grandfather, he uh, he used to be a mail carrier. He worked for the post office. And I remember during, uh, when, I remember in the wintertime, you know, when it was cold, how many of you, you know, if you're out, you know, back in the day, the, the mail carrier had to walk, you know. And so, so he would walk, and I remember he built a little box, a, wo- a little wooden box, and he put a light bulb on the inside of it, and then he put his feet on that light bulb, or on that box, and the heat just radiated out of it, warmed up his feet. 
You know, light is warming. Do you know that this earth would not exist? There would be no life, there would be no life on this earth without light. There would be no vegetation. There would be nothing. Thank you, Lord. Verse 5 says, And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus himself said, I am the light of the world. And then later on, he said, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Darkness in the scripture refers, refers to evil or as to Satan's kingdom. But darkness cannot overpower the light. Another, another translation says comprehend. To those who reject Christ, it seems that they cannot understand the gospel. But the Bible says that Satan is the God of this world who blinds the minds of those uh, who don't believe, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them. God's not trying to keep you in the dark. God never talks to me. Yes, he does. You're just not listening. You're not aware. You're, you're, you know, God has saved me so many times and it wasn't thus saith the Lord. Don't go through that yellow light. <laughs> he didn't say that. How many of you ever had an inward witness? I want to go through this light. <laughs> yellow means put the gas on, right? No, it means slow and proceed with caution. But yet on the inside, there's an inward witness that says, slow down. Reminds me of a song. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning. None of you know what that is. Yeah, there's some of you do. How about that? I could sing the rest of it, but I'm not going to. So, comprehend. All right, so, so the darkness cannot overpower the light. You know, there's nothing so bad or so evil in your life that the light of God cannot overcome it. That's right. yeah. Melody used to live in uh, D.C. Well, I actually lived there too. But I remember uh, being in her apartment and it'd be dark and you turn on the light and the cockroaches would just scatter. Cockroaches. That's what the devil is. You know, you're, he's in the dark. He, he comes out in the dark. But man, when Jesus turns on the light, man, they scatter. They scatter. The darkness cannot overcome it. The darkness cannot comprehend it. Jesus. Amen. Well, I'm just going to, I got to verse 6. And I'm going to stop because that kind of goes, just goes into something else. But I want to tell you, there is no darkness in your life that Jesus can overcome. There is no thing in the past. There is no hurt or pain that you have gone through that God cannot overcome it. As a matter of fact, God wants to let his light shine through. The Bible says we are children of light and walk as children of light. You know, you have a, you have a, uh, 
It's almost like a dimmer switch. You know what a dimmer switch is? Sometimes we control the dimmer switch. We got the light, but we control the dimmer switch. God wants that light to shine. Because the more that light shines, the more his presence is made aware. People, and it's not just to make you feel good. It's to let other people know that there is a God who wants to help them. There's a God who wants to save them. There is a God who wants to, who wants to manifest his love to you. And I was going to do it today, but I got off on so many other things. But Jesus had to become, God had to become a man. He had to become a man because there's no other man that could save you. Because the only, the only thing that could save you is a pure sacrifice. Jesus said, I did not come to destroy the law. I came to fulfill it. Well, how did he fulfill it? He was the spotless lamb of God. And when he was crucified on the cross as the spotless lamb of God, he fulfilled all the law so that you wouldn't be cursed by it. Woo! Turn to somebody and say, I'm not cursed. What does the Bible say? It says, what does it say? It says in Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. What? Thank you because my mind was gone. <laughs> he died on the cross. Had, yeah, for, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a, on a tree that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, which I think all of us are. Gentiles could be wrong. That the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. When you receive the promise of the Spirit, you receive God on the inside of you. You're not God, but God lives on the inside of you. The Bible, I didn't tell you I was going to quit, did I? <laughs> oh, all right. The Bible says that it is God who works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And you know what it says after that? Do all things without complaining. Yeah. He's in you, he's working, but he don't want to hear your complaining. He don't want to hear my complaining. And I found out, you know, it's not easy to stop complaining. It's not easy. But I found out one of the ways to do it is just to spend more time with him. The more time I spend with him, the more I sense his presence and the less. You know what? I'm quitting. <laughs> you believe me? Thank you, Lord. Yeah, I got to quit because I just forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad for age? He can't remember, so he's got to quit. Thank you, Lord. Well, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the manifestation of your Son coming to the earth. Lord, we thank you that he came to deliver us from the darkness. As a matter of fact, 
Your word says he has delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us or translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So we thank you, Lord. What do I need to be saved? Well, believe. There was a group that came to Jesus and says, what must we do to work the works of God? And Jesus says, believe on him who sent me. So we believe that God the Father sent God the Son. And as we believe, especially as we believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, then his spirit comes on the inside of us and we are made new creatures in him. And the Bible says that God was in Christ reconciling the world, not counting their trespasses against them. Man, if I was you, I'd be shouting about right now because he's not holding any trespass or sin against you. Woo! So, Father, as we close today in Jesus' name, I pray, Lord God, that hearts would be open to receive not only the Lord Jesus Christ, but also your Spirit, and that we would yield to your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up if there's any that uh, would like to share.